0: Good morning and thank you for tuning in to this Tuesday edition of Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in West Edmonton Mall, where we are, Leduc and Spruce Grove. Check them out online at WilhawkBeefJerky.com. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here today. Talking all things fantasy sports for the next 60 minutes. Before we hand things over to Alan Mitchell and the Lowdown with Low Tide. So, of course, get those texts in, one 401 1440 Did you win your your week? How did it go for you? Last night, uh, definitely a little disappointing. Austin Eckler couldn't find the end zone three more times for me. That would have locked up a win for me. Cameron Dicker, when he hit that 55-yarder, it, it essentially cost me, but I was happy to it a Chargers kicker can hit it from 55 yards. And in my other league, guys, Tyler Conklin got me the win. Happy to see it. So, uh, Brandon, how'd you do? How'd you do this weekend in your fantasy events? Uh, This is going to come across as a brag, and that's because it
1: is. I was the uh, high-scoring team in both of my fantasy football leagues this past week, as well as uh, I think I went 2-1 in fantasy hockey. And don't look now, but I'm climbing the rankings in our fantasy frenzy hockey pool uh, that we've got all the listeners involved (laughs) with. We were joking about it uh, last week that I have for most of the season have been sitting in dead last, but now I've climbed up into the mid-30s area, so uh, don't hold your breath because uh, pretty soon I'll be breathing down the necks of the top 10, probably.
0: Maybe. You're ascending. Oh, I'm up to 15th now. Connor Howie, watch look out. out. I can't win the prize, but if I do, well, maybe we'll take the top 20 people out to the brew house or we'll give it to the second place person. Maybe that'll be Brandon. We'll figure it at the third place person. Maybe we're peaking right now. Uh, Yeah, we also got a text in here from Bendelson. Says, hey, Connor, I'm hanging tough in the survivor pool. Curious, is there a prize for the winner or just bragging rights at the end game here? Just wondering. Well, we haven't really figured that one out yet. I kind of forgot about the survivor pool because I was eliminated so long ago, week one. And here we are at the half point mark of the season. So yeah, you know, we're going to rig something up. I'll we, we'll just walk around this this building and see what we can find. Some people leave bottles of wine out by their desk.
1: There's s- a just
0: grab that. Maybe a hat. There's a nice case of a
1: 2-4 of BLs over here on the corner of the bar that's been sitting, yeah. s- sitting there since day one we rolled into the Stingray Studios. So I at this point, I don't think anybody would notice if it went missing. A nice case of BLs, sports 1440 hat, some... 840 CFCW
0: stickers. What yeah. uh, what more could you ask for as a some, prize? Some bottles of water, maybe a case of rum butters. There you go. I was told the pool table hasn't been used in years, so maybe we could just give them a, a pool table. <laughs> just nobody it, would know. Haul it out the front door of the studio. <laughs>
1: i'm gonna be sick that day whenever you decide to do that
0: yeah well yeah we're gonna figure something out uh, we might have to reach out to one of our fine sponsors willhawk beef jerk here at the canadian brew house uh, i was out at the sherwood park location last night watched the game and the oiler game of course uh kenzie the manager Great guy. Chargers fan for a long time. Reminisced about the Chargers losing to the Jags last year and uh, just how nice it was for them to get an easy win last night. Obviously, not a great fantasy performance unless you had maybe the Chargers defense or Austin Eckler. Outside of that, not a whole lot going on. Uh, Nonetheless, it was quite enjoyable. Uh, Today on the show, we're going to do a little roundtable action. getting going at uh, 11.20. We've got Gavin Ternick of Oilers Nation and the Nation Network. We'll be in here as well as Declan Kruger of the Lowdown with Low Tide, also our digital producer on the Jason Greger Show. So get your text in there, 1-833-401-1440. I've got a little bit of a quarterback conundrum in one of my leagues with Jalen Hurts going on the bye. My other quarterback was Kirk Cousins, and now I have no quarterback. So I'm going to ask those guys who I should look at because the options are pretty bad. I might have to actually... Talk to a buddy and see if I can just borrow one of his quarterbacks for a week. And that's is that is that collusion? Would people
1: be mad about that? I've seen it. I've I've ne- I've never pulled off a trade with a similar thing, but I've been in negotiations about it where you say, Will you trade me? You give up a, either a draft pick or maybe something actually under the table, uh, whether it be, you know, around <laughs> at the bar or oh, a case geez. a case of beers, whatever the whatever the situation may call for, where yeah, you just say, Can I have your backup quarterback for a week, and then you trade him back again uh, thereafter. But I've seen, it, I've seen it executed, and I've been in negotiations about it myself. I'm sure there might be some people, usually uh, the, uh, the other members of those respective leagues, that would have something to say against it. But I don't know. Seems all right to me. Like, there's a price being paid for it. You're not just giving it up for nothing.
0: Well, that's the thing. It's not like a dynasty league or anything, so I couldn't give picks it would just have to be like because we're friends. Trade some. Oh and in is that the league where you guys don't even use uh, like
1: free agent dollars either? It's just None of my leagues away, do that. You just use uh, wire priority? Yeah. Well, what do you guys have to negotiate trades with then? You don't got uh cap dollars, you don't <laughs> got
0: draft picks under the table like you said. Yeah. In that league, I have 984 points. Only one person has a better record than I do and I'm 4 and 5 and they're 5 and 4. So we're the top two point getters, and uh, it's just not going well for us. A Still lot of matchups, you know? A lot of parity in that league. That's uh, pretty good. First place, 6-3. 12th place, 1-8. and eight. But other than that, yeah, 3-6. and six. The Lynch mob, my buddy Johnny. Raiders fan. Probably put too much stock in Devontae this year. Uh, we got a text coming in from Pillman. Says, boys, I got my butt kicked. Tough. I will screenshot that matchup. Let's see how bad it was really for you. We've also got, I don't know... Fat Efron. I lost my week because I forgot to set my kicker. And when I tried to pick up a kicker, my opponent picked up both Monday night kickers. <laughs> what? And one thanks to Conklin with his last two catches. Yeah, garbage time. That won it for me for sure. That's petty, but I, I like that. Sorry to hear about that, Matt. But uh for someone to actually go out there, see, you know, and have their roster spots to grab two kickers, so you can't pick one up. That's personal. What did you do to this guy? That's uh, that's playing the man,
1: not playing the game, which I respect. It like if you reckon if you're tuned in enough to your weekly matchup that you recognize your opponent needs that kicker, and they wait until that last of a minute to pick one up, and and like Efron said, like he just forgot to set play his kicker. Which, no offense, forgetting to set match, forgetting to set lineups and things. You deserve to lose when you do that. Bad beats, they happen. In in the case of the Conklin garbage time stuff, like that's that's kind of unfortunate. Yeah. But if you forget to set your lineup, I don't have a
0: ton of sympathy for you. I mean, I've done it. It's happened in the past. And I take my loss like a man. (laughs) I would be, I mean, that's like, sorry, Fat Efron, like low level awareness versus high level awareness. Like me seeing he forgot his kicker. I'm going to go grab these two kickers. That opponent is, you know, running at 100% efficiency when it comes to awareness. Like that, that's heady stuff. It's a tough way to lose, but that is the way she goes. How about a hockey question coming in from Earlobe? Maybe we'll throw this one your way, Brandon. I don't know if you saw it, but he's in a standard Dynasty hockey cap league. Would you trade Cody Glass for Frederick Gaudreau, Connor Timmins, and Hunter Shepard? Thanks, boys. Earlobe.
1: This is some pretty deep dives. Uh, a very deep <laughs> league. If, if these are some of the names getting thrown around, um, Cody Glass is, is probably the one that stands out. He has kind of gotten a fresh a fresh look down in Nashville after bouncing from Vegas. Uh, I mean, this was a guy that was a, a sixth overall pick uh, for Vegas, their first ever draft pick, and then you know moves around after the Nolan Patrick trade, and now he's in Nashville where he's kind of found himself a place in terms of actual like fantasy hockey outlook. T- take your pick of any given fourth liner on a, on a night-to-night basis. Long-term, I'd probably say Freddie Gaudreau might have the most upside. Connor Timmins hasn't really fleshed out like probably people thought he would um, as a prospect, and if I'm not mistaken, part of the Darcy Kemper trade that brought him to Colorado. So, yeah, I, I think he can pretty much take your pick. Um, I'll be honest, Hunter Shepard, that name doesn't even ring a bell of where that guy's at in the league. But, uh, but I think long-term, if it, you're talking dynasty and the rosters are this deep, Freddie Gaudreau or Cody Glass, I think, probably. But otherwise, just like add and drop on a week-to-week basis based on matchups for fourth liners because you're going to get the same type of production. Wait for a guy to get elevated. Like, this is a bad example because of the results of last night's game, but when teams are putting lines in a blender and you have a fourth-line guy that's on the waivers who might be playing on the top line for a game or two, go pick that guy up well,
0: for a week and then drop him again the next. Hunter Shepard, 28 years old, plays one game in the NHL this year for the Capitals. Before that, though, East Coast AHL. So he would be like a late bloomer. Whoa, yeah.
1: That and, league is uh, deep. If if that guy's seriously on your radar, how many people are playing in this league and how big are your rosters? That's insane. <laughs> You're thinking about picking up a guy who has played one game in the NHL at 28 years old? Does does Earlobe have some sort of scouting report on this guy that I is to like the rest of the hockey world's not privy to.
0: It's like a 32 team league, like you're <laughs> running it like a real team. Yeah, like
1: maybe. you got four, four rolling four lines, all 32 uh, teams. That is insane. But so, yeah, I'd maybe steer clear of Hunter Shepard.
0: <laughs> well, deep sleeper, you never know. Uh, Fat Efron just wants to put this out there. I lost my week because I forgot to set my kicker, so that's what we talked about already. His trade deadline was yesterday. I traded my keeper Hall and a 10th rounder for Bijan and a third rounder. Now I just need Arthur Smith to get fired. I I weep for whoever gets drafted by the Atlanta Falcons next year, if it's an offensive player, because they just won't utilize them and it'll tick everybody off. Like, Did you see the video of, of Arthur Smith's son making the play call? He dressed up like his dad had the fake mustache and was like, Bijan, like he's four years old and he knows you give it to Bijan. Like Dad, listen up to him, okay? Uh, we've got five minutes left in this segment, Brandon, so why don't we uh, deviate a little bit, talk a little Edmonton Oilers hockey, because this text just came in from a perplexed Oilers fan. A person gets to learn a lot about human nature working as a bouncer in the bars from back. Hockey, football, cliques of people, etc. they're no different from each other. You need heaters and coolers. Unfortunately for the Edmonton Oilers, they're ripe of coolers. Bouchard, Nuge, Holloway, McLeod, Nuge again, and more. All energy downers. The only heaters are Kanan, maybe Dearnay, McDavid, Drysdale, Hyman can be either, but bottom six is all coolers. Yeah, I mean they're an absolute mess right now. I, I was, I wouldn't say arguing, conversing on Twitter with people uh, talking about the goaltending because I had tweeted out, I was trying to be in the old Pat McAfee fashion. This team stinks. You know they're just, they're just not playing good hockey. And a lot of people had came back at me and said, well, it's not the team, it's the goalies which is fair. And I mean, I've said it on this show. I've said it on Greg show I've tweeted it. The team cannot get a save when they need it to save their life. It just doesn't happen. You know, they're one, they're in these one goal games and they just don't get that big save. The goaltending hasn't been good enough, but I mean, there's also tons of examples. I mean, the Evan Bouchard, a two on one last night where he pinches up and then, I mean, did he really care to get back and try to pick up that third man? It didn't look like it. You can blame goaltending if you want, but I, I, Think he can blame the guys in front of him and the lack of production from the bottom six, McDavid and Drysidle, Nuge. Well, as of late, what are we seeing? Like they're they're not getting offensive production. So I do think that there are lots of issues with this team. I don't know what the quick fix is, uh, but I maybe there isn't one. I mean, maybe that's it. They've got to work their way out of this and buy into the system, play better defensively, get get things going. I mean, there's too many guys on this team that we haven't seen put up points and uh, Brandon, I don't know, you're, you're not an Oilers fan, you're a Ducks fan, so things are great for you, but in a couple minutes or less, what, what do you see with this team right now?
1: Last night, and it's almost become a divisive point amongst the fan base and amongst people watching this team, is yes, the goaltending's bad, but is that the real culprit of, of what's going on right now? Is it the goaltending, or is it the lack of defensive structure that this team seems to play with? And I I responded to a couple texts this morning throughout the Kevin Carey show that it can be both because both are 100% true. That second goal last night, there is a 0% chance that that should go in from that distance regardless of any situation. I think if you're an NHL goalie, like the tweet I said, you want that stopped 95 times out of 100 or it should be stopped Mm -hmm. that many times. In that game, the way the Oilers are going right now, you need that stop every time. That You don't have that leeway for allowing a tough goal now and then. That's just the Oilers do not have that luxury right now because they are struggling to put the puck in the net, which is a weird thing to say about this team and probably something not many people would have expected at any point of the year, let alone in the first 10 games. So... The Bouchard thing, tough. And to answer your uh, hypothetical question, you phrased there, I think he tried hard until he, uh, back checking, until he hit the blue line. Then all of a sudden, it's like his controller turned off and he just (laughs) coasted into the slot and and watched the rebound get buried in the back of the net. Bouchard's been beyond frustrating, but it's almost to a man on the defense core. On Bouchard, it seems nightly, but everyone else on a night-to-night basis who's having a bad pinch, a bad gaff, a mishandled puck, a bad change. It's just continually cycling around And it all loops back to they can't get a save when they make the mistakes. The Knights, the goalies, which there have been at least one per guy, the goalies have held them in games while they're struggling to score goals, and then they don't get the run support. So it's it's two ends tugging on the same rope, and unfortunately both of them end up falling in the mud puddle in the middle uh, because nothing's working for the team. They can't score goals, they can't defend the rush, and your goalies can't make a save when you need one more than ever. So... It's a it's a mess. We talked about basically every facet of it throughout the first four hours on air this morning. Yeah, and um, and I'm sure it will continue to get broken down over the next couple of days that the Oilers are off before they roll into play a Sharks team on Thursday night. That as of right
0: now does not have a win on
1: the board this season.
0: Brad says maybe they aren't that good. Brad, I think you might be onto something. Uh, <laughs> good point, Brad. No name says Oilers need to get a goalie ASAP, then a coach potentially, then trade a D man using Bouchard. So who wants Bouchard, you know, like that, that this isn't NHL where you can just say, oh, well, Bouchard's an 85, we can trade him for an 86 overall. Like it's not going to work that way. Right. And Bouchard, if he's in a better situation, maybe, where he's, you know, not put in certain situations, maybe the offense shines and then you're gonna have to pay him. Uh, Matt says Jay is a good coach. Why can't they let Dave Madsen go first and change the defensive style of play I mean, they could, hypothetically. I don't know if that's going to happen. Trade-in. Okay, here we go. Well, I won't let us send a photo. But there was a good meme, apparently. But you can send photos, trade down. Work on it. You can find a way. Uh, Craig and Red Deer says, has anyone asked Woody why they're implementing a new defensive system? A team that had 109 points last season needs a whole new system. What am I missing here? I, I think that's a fair question. But I think Jay did say they went back to the one they had been running previously. So... A lot of questions. Uh, if the team switched goalies last night, Oilers win 6-2. Team Dean, hey, I mean, <laughs> Demko is a hell of a goalie. I think, you know, he might be onto something here. Uh, there was something about one-goal games as well. Uh, you know, when the Oilers lose, a lot of times they are one-goal games, and they just can't get that big save that they need. And we did have some clarification about the league from Earlobe. He says, just for relevance, it is a 32-team league with a 23-man roster and 63 minor league roster. Must play 82 games to keep minor eligibility. Cheers, Earlobe.
1: I have never in my life heard <laughs> of such a thing. First of all, props to you for giving that much dedication to like a fantasy hockey team. Are the And here's, you can reply back again. Are these other 31 people, people you know? Or is this like you enter online almost like a, like a GM connected league or something when you're playing uh, Chell on the, the PlayStation or the Xbox? I, I have more... Qu- He just sent that in to clarify things. I now have more questions than ever about this 32-team full roster, including a minor league system for fantasy hockey. Consider my interest peaked. I've forgotten about the Oilers (laughs) and all their troubles. I need answers about this fantasy hockey league.
0: That's incredible. I mean, that's a full-time job. I I wonder what the buy-in for that is. Like, If you win that, you deserve a good payday like a year's salary because yeah. you're quite
1: literally managing a hockey team you're a real hockey team you're basically ken holland i doubt you're making ken
0: holland's but, uh, wage but
1: you're, you're, you're trying to execute the same ideas
0: uh one last one from St- steve from drum heller and i want people to text in after this one. one one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty mcdavid starting a scrum and then letting hyman do the hard work there's no leadership I mean, Hyman might have showed some leadership. I don't think McDavid wanted to drop the mitts. I think if your captain and the best player in the world gets into a scrum in front of the net, you better jump in. I don't want McDavid fighting. I saw what happened the last time he fought. We're not getting into that one. You can, you can critique McDavid there if you want to, but for all the things going on, I I don't think I'm going to critique his leadership on that one. But let's take a break. When we come back with a little roundtable talk some NFL football. Keep those texts coming in, though. We can chime in on the Oilers as well. One eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Connor, Hallie, Brandon, Douglas, with you here. It is Fantasy Frenzy on Sports fourteen forty, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Eleven twenty three. It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports fourteen forty. Connor, Hallie, Brandon, Douglas, with you, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Check them out online at WilhockBeefJerky dot uh, We are going to get to our little. Fantasy Frenzy Roundtable, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. You can join Connor, Halley, and Brandon Douglas at the CBH Mondays and Thursdays. You can also go there on Sunday Night Football for your chance to win awesome game day prizes and qualify for a chance to win a trip or two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. I was out at Sherwood Park last night. Great crowd watching the uh, Chargers just beat up on the Jets. Just uh, an absolute powerhouse. And then the Oilers lose to the Canucks later on. But the vibes were still great. Out of the CBH, Brandon, uh, Thursday, I I always put you on the spot here. Do you know where you will be this Thursday?
1: This Thursday, I think, I am... Where was I last week? Jensen Lakes. Got Ice House coming up. Oh, Spruce Grove. Spruce Grove. I remembered it was another bit of a trek, but I'm looking forward to it. maybe go get a milkshake before heading over from... um, I can't remember the name of the place that brought us the milkshakes a couple weeks back, but they were... Super Jax, jacks, jack's Jack's driving. driving. They, man, those were good. So uh, going to go grab a milkshake, then dip over to the brew house, some football, some uh, another Oilers game night for me as all well at the same time. Maybe watch them uh, beat up on the Sharks. Fingers, Panthers, fingers crossed.
0: Panthers, Bears, Sharks, Oilers. Ho, oh, baby. It's game day. Battle of the Goliaths our across guests, all the leagues. Our guests weren't even on yet, but they already had the answers, knowing Jack's driving. We've got Gavin Ternick of Oilers Nation and the Nation Network, and then we've got Declan Kruger from... Right here, the Sports 1440 Studios, part of the Lowdown with Low Tide, as well as the Jason Gregor Show. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Morning, morning. Doing good, uh, other than the Cowboys game on Sunday, but it was a close one.
2: Obviously, right near the end, but didn't get the win. Neither yeah. of my fantasy leagues either, but we're our, still here. We're loving it. Our, so it was a tough one. Our, <laughs> it was a tough Sunday. It, it was a tough Sunday for sure. Well, doing Connor, okay.
3: I don't mean to interrupt. But I think me and you have a little bit of a uh, different definition of the word powerhouse when we talk about football teams. If you're tossing that one out for the Chargers, happy you guys got the W. But see those results, might, might need to pump the brakes. Well, on, we saw
0: what Zach Wilson did against the Chiefs. It's true. Chargers just neutralized Zach him.
3: Wilson's playing better. Yeah, like he,
0: like yeah, yeah, he had been playing. He's better. He still got some Zach Wilson. He's and still him.
3: not a good quarterback, but he, had... yeah, he's still <laughs> Zach Wilson. He still got that Zach Wilson him, but he had been playing better and he'd been he'd been at least looking
2: competent. You know, did you guys see that Aaron Rodgers saying he's a few weeks away? I don't know how much I yeah. buy into that.
0: When Derwin James kind of dapped him up at the end of the game, said, yeah. When are you coming back? He said, A few weeks. A few weeks. No, He was on the ayahuasca or something because he is not a few <laughs> weeks away. You know, you're, you're not kidding. A few I, weeks I, away I read that Terrier today and I'm Q like, weeks. There's no way. Yep. It, <laughs> it would be convenient. something to see if he came back, though. Like that, I, I'm rooting for it. How long would he last when he came back? You know? maybe five snaps this time it could be five yeah it was four last time maybe complete yeah. a pass in a Jets uniform and yeah. then go down that would be nice <laughs>
3: the first play action he's <laughs> out behind the barn like that ankle cannot hold up with mobility in the pocket
0: yeah certainly certainly okay we'll talk little NFL here just want to get into the inbox uh the questions coming in and it's it's not always good uh very quickly how does Holland have a job how does Schwartz have a job Oilers fans uh not exactly loving it right now. Gavin, uh, you do work with Oilers Nation. You do some Oilers Nation after dark. I do. You've witnessed it. Uh, I did post-game shows for about a decade in the dark uh, dark decade. And what were the vibes like last night? Is it panic? Is it blame on one particular It's position? straight panic in the chat. Everyone is loving
2: chaos in the chat. It's it's all negative. But at this point, like, what can you really say to that? It's like, yeah, fair enough. It, it is complete chaos right now in Edmonton. And everyone knows it. If there is
3: a silver lining you see from the fans, one thing that they consistently say, they may say, you know, goaltending, defensive zone errors, management, but this. Is there a consistent but this amongst Oilers
2: fans right now? Probably not, man. Yeah. Like, bad, I've man. not really seen like a consistent player for, for the Edmonton Oilers throughout this entire season, to be honest with you. The most consistent player has been Evan Bouchard,
3: and it's been how poor he's played defensively. No kidding. You know, you can put up, you know, 10 points in 10 games coming in, but if you're pinching on every single play and not back, I mean, comes a time we, yeah, got, we a have
0: broken to address it. so yeah.
2: far throughout these first 11 games
0: it's not good okay let's talk some fantasy football we will go away from the oilers Thank but you can God. still text in 1440. also connor at sports 1440.ca and brandon at sports 1440.ca if you want to uh send us an email the old-fashioned way maybe you want to type one out because you are so frustrated uh by weeks uh, in the nfl this week kansas city chiefs Mahomes Kelsey you got the Rams Maybe you have one of the receivers the Dolphins The Eagles some powerhouses hitting the Bye week here so uh, Gavin We'll start off with you uh, when you're looking At the waiver wire right now uh, anyone You're looking at that says hey this guy could potentially Be dropped into my lineup
2: Yeah, like I was kind of looking at it yesterday, Connor, and the only name that kind of really only stood out for me on the wide receiver front is OBJ. He's a second uh, leading receiver for the Baltimore Ravens last week, and he's only owned in 25% of leagues right now. So I might be taking a run at OBJ. No one else is really jumping out at me. Right, right at this moment.
0: Declan, what do you got?
2: I agree. It's the time of the year where you know
3: what everyone is. You know what players Definitely. are. You know how they're going to produce. You might hit a lightning in the bottle moment with someone here and there. But for the most part, the production is steady or not steady. You know what you're going to get. So I think if you can find a guy like OBJ that Gavin mentioned, I think that could be a good spot pickup. But. I- but like I said, I revert. I think you know what everyone is at this point. And I'm, I'm in the position, very fortunate, I have Travis Kelsey on my tight end spot. He has a bye this week, of course. So I'm looking at Taysom Hill. My hope is that he gets in the game at quarterback for Tuddy. He's <laughs> not a big deal. That's where I have to go because with Travis Kelsey out, he's such a dynamic tight end. You can't hope to make up for that any anywhere you're going to pick up a tight end on the waiver. You just have to hope someone you can bring in can be at least serviceable. That's what I'm hoping for with Taysom Hill.
0: Back in the day, I'm just trying to think who it was. Um, the Minnesota Vikings had a receiver that had to play quarterback, and he was announced as the starting quarterback. I remember this. And my friend picked him up and started him at the receiver position, fully knowing he was going to mm-hmm. play quarterback. Yep, Won the week, obviously. Well, like, people have done <laughs> that with
3: Taysom Hill as well, putting yeah. him in that tight end spot when he end up, ended up playing quarterback. I don't know why he's listed as a tight end in so many fantasy leagues. I mean, I know he obviously, you know, they have formations where he lines up as a tight end, and he likes to be the strong side, tight end lead blocker, run out and run the curl route, but... You know, come on. Like, let's call it for all intents. This guy's a quarterback. Like, what are we doing here?
2: Yeah, on Yahoo's listed as a tight end, so yeah. I'm loving it on Yahoo. Uh, Joe oh, Webb. Joe right, Webb, Right, there yeah. it is. And what are you guys' thoughts on Keaton Mitchell? Because I know that Raven's backfield is crowded, yes. but he obviously went off. I know he only had, like, 10 rushes last week, but he had, like, a buck 30, couple touchdowns. I think he's maybe the
3: most valuable guy you could pick up at this point just because, I, you know— the, the Ravens, it's by committee, but I don't think there's a guy outside of J.K. Dobbins who's obviously injured. I don't think there's a guy who's a star-studded number one back. I don't know if Keaton Mitchell's going to be that guy ever, but I certainly think he has more potential than in any of the other guys in that backfield He right showed now. some burst, too. He did. He's got speed, man. He's got wheels. Like, well, he can hit the hole and go.
0: Gus Edwards had one touchdown, two touchdowns last week? Four two, two more this week, Two more. following his three. three the prior. The, my concern
1: around Keaton Mitchell is that Gus Edwards is a goal line back. Yeah. so Even if Mitchell can put up some decent yardage, the chances of him getting in for scores on a consistent basis with Edwards back there, with Lamar still having the capability to scramble out and score close to the goal line himself. I don't love Mitchell because of that fact. And just because the Ravens' backfield is, like you guys said, always a rotating cast of characters. It seems like... You never know in any given week who's going to be the lead back. So I, I, I picked up Gus Edwards conveniently right before his three-touchdown <laughs> performance and played him that week, sat him this, uh, this time around, and it, it didn't end up costing me uh, in my matchup. But it's like he's not going to get yardage, but he's going to get scores. And I think Mitchell will probably just be the flux uh, or uh, reverse of that part.
3: My only concern with Gus Edwards is that if we see such a lack of production – between the red zones that he stops getting goal line looks and obviously the Ravens have a very set system in place that's worked well for them they're a great team this year but I just wonder if Keaton Mitchell becomes such a bell cow they start looking to him towards the goal line and moving away from Gus Edwards I don't know if it's going to happen but that's my only worry because of what you said because Gus Edwards he lacks production in the middle of the field and we got to remember Lamar Jackson also runs
2: at offense too so <laughs> exactly. he's a rushing threat as well in the red yeah they got zone. two running backs out there yeah. all the time
0: we are uh, talking a little NFL fantasy roundtable brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. House. Gavin Turnick and Declan Kruger joining us here. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas. You can get the questions into 1 833 401 1440. Slurpee Sean saying, Guys, would you trade Gibbs for Bijan and bank on the Falcons getting him the ball more on this soft playoff schedule? A quote from Arthur Smith yesterday His impact away from the ball can open things up. I hate Arthur Smith so much. Drake oh, London. Wow. Kyle Pitts and now Bijan Robinson—he's ruining them for Algier and Cordell Patterson and Jonu Smith. I wouldn't make that trade. I think I'd keep Gibbs. What, I would too. Would, yeah, I would too. Well, I would Gibbs, Gibbs.
2: Gibbs has arrived. Yes, he arrived last sure. week, and he's there. And yes, and uh, last week Atlanta was first and goal at the one. Bijan Robinson did not touch the ball once. Stupid. Once it was Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith. Uh, Algier. Like, come on. And the other thing is, like, Detroit
3: suffers from that problem a little bit. Ben Johnson and Dan Campbell's lack of ability to use Jameer Gibbs or they had at least in those spots but like I said I think he's arrived I think he's woken up I think they see the value in this guy finally the game he had last week incredible put up 26 fantasy points I think it was so I think now you're seeing Jameer Gibbs he's there David Montgomery's a very good running back I think he's a very good NFL running back but Jameer Gibbs is the guy and I think we've seen that
0: I had to mention my quarterback problem. So I'm going to put down the available quarterbacks in front of you guys. A couple of Dobbs, Heineke, Carr, Young, Minshew, Russell Wilson against the Buffalo defense in prime time. Oof. I mean, I have to pick one of these guys up or I have to make that trade because, as I said, I've got Jalen Hurts. I drafted Kirk Cousins. My plan was, Cousins, I'll slide you in on the bye week. Obviously, his Achilles thought differently, and he's done for the year. It's not a good look for me, and it's a big week. Uh, What are you guys thinking? Because I I almost thought, like, you know, Joe Burrow did okay against that Bills secondary. Maybe maybe Russ can throw a couple. He'll throw his picks, but maybe he'll throw a couple garbage touchdowns.
3: I see a few guys there, and I'm thinking, like, it might be better off to go without a quarterback (laughs) because these guys can end up with negative points. But, no, I think Taylor (laughs) Heineke is a good quarterback. I don't know if I'm picking him up. For a fantasy perspective, I think Russell Wilson is your best bet. I think he's been better this year. hes I use this word so much. I'm starting to sound like a broken record, but it's so apt for so many situations. He's serviceable. He may not be the Russell Wilson we came to know and love and expect in Seattle, but he can at least move the ball. He can get the ball in the end zone. He's not going to be what he was six, five years ago, whatever it may be, but he can at least get you a consistent enough performance week in, week out to have value at that spot.
2: Danny yeah, mentioned Heineke. I'd probably go with Heineke in the spot. He has a great matchup against the Arizona Cardinals, who's given up the 10th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. And Heineke, in his first two starts, is averaging 15 fantasy points per. Per week, so again, I like the matchup. Heineke, you know you are gonna get you're gonna get that fifteen, you're gonna get that fifteen point range. So I'm probably going with Taylor Heineke because Heineke's a baller too. Like
3: yes. he ain't afraid to he ain't afraid to sling it. No, like he'll sling that ball. Not he'll take bit. shots. So I'm not mad at that at all. It's, it was between those two guys for me, so I'm glad you went Heineke.
0: That's uh, I mean we've seen it in the past with Heineke, right? So certainly uh, good to know. And I'm hoping nobody in my league is listening and like I'm gonna I, the, pick we, up both. Well, you, did you hear our our last yeah, segment? The, yeah, the kicker dilemma. Someone left their kicker open. Mm-hmm. And his opponent went and grabbed uh, who's, uh, whoever the Jets kicker is and Cameron Dicker. So he couldn't pick wow. up a kicker on Monday and wow. lost.
3: That's crazy.
0: That's fantasy football for you. That's heady. Well, let me problems, this. though
3: yeah, absolutely. That's good game. That's that's Bill Belichick IQ right there. <laughs> Did we sway you, Connor? Are you going to go with either of those two options?
0: I think so. Okay, but I might I might have to make a phone call or a text of to course. one of the buddies and be like, hey, be one too. week, you know, maybe we just swap them.
3: Well, Brandon, let me throw it to you. Do you have a tiebreaker between those two, or are you going you going different direction entirely?
1: Uh, it, it's funny because it actually completely aligns with this text that just came in. Is Josh Dobbs not a better option with Jefferson coming back? I don't think it's confirmed that Justin Jefferson is. Yeah, status to- is still unclear. He is, for me. Uh, He's available to be activated now. He served his mandatory time on the IR. Um, but if Jefferson is back, I think Josh Dobbs. Yes, this past weekend it was amazing what he did. Is it like can he replicate that? I don't think so. But he we talked about it extensively yesterday. This is a literal rocket scientist. If there's anybody <laughs> that can actually learn a playbook in this short of a time period, and then you get back who I still believe is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Sorry, Tyreek Hill. You get him back in the fold. You have TJ Hawkinson. You've got a couple running backs there that have shown medium levels of success depending on a week-to-week basis. I don't hate Josh Dobbs. He had a couple good games with Arizona earlier this season with a much slimmer cast than what he's now going to be dealing with because even if Jefferson isn't back, Jordan Addison... He's yeah. emerged onto the scene. Um, K.J. Osborne, I certainly don't think is likely to play after uh, that, co- that yeah. concussion shouldn't that he be. suffered. No. Uh, but another pause, like if you're really hard up on the waiver wire, like Brandon Powell, he could be in line to see more reps in the Minnesota offense if Jefferson does not come back. So if I had to pick of those options you gave out, I think I would lean Wilson over Heineke, even though the matchup isn't as good. But I actually think Josh Dobbs should be more seriously considered for you too. So,
0: Did you guys hear Dobbs' nickname? No. The
1: Pastronaut. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Like, that guy hit the
1: lottery like twice.
3: It. NFL quarterback and rocket scientist. Yeah.
2: <laughs> His parents must be so proud. Yeah.
3: Like, <laughs> I, I, I was a high school cornerback with, like, a 78 and Chem 30. You know what I mean? And yeah, this you guy's This guy's a rocket scientist. Well, who was your science teacher in junior high? Uh, the Oilers goalie coach, Dustin Schwartz. <laughs> So, so you're not an, good
0: at science? I actually got an
3: 86 in Chem 30, <laughs> but it, it, was, it was better for the segment if I said I got a 78. But I can't have people texting and saying I'm dumb, so I yeah. had to, to qualify that.
0: Hey, man, that's showbiz. Uh, Gavin, give me, uh, give me a little rundown on big screen sports.
2: Oh, yeah, just one of the podcasts that I started with my buddies. We talk football. We do it once a week, and we also do a thing at first round every Sunday as well. We bring like a big group of people, and we give away prizes as well.
0: But yeah, it's like a weekly football podcast that we do weekly and Declan can you tell us what's coming up on the Lowdown with low tie today
3: absolutely so of course talk the town is going to be the Oilers we're <laughs> going to cover that for about a good 40 minutes there before we get into our first guest Mike Ganter of the Toronto Sun he's going to be coming on to talk some Raptors and notably Scotty bon- Barnes is hot hot star you talk about the third year leap this guy's experiencing it right now. He looks like one of the top 15 players in the league. He's going to be on with us. Connor Hood, the sports information director for the uh, University of Alberta Golden Bears. He's going to be coming on to talk about, uh, talk about the Golden Bears ahead of the Hardy Cup this Saturday. There's a lot going food. on
0: for the Bears and Pandas. Oh, man.
3: It's a great time to be a Bears and Pandas fan because they're playing phenomenal. So he's going to be on. And then Daniel Nugent Bowman of The Athletic, of course, is going to be on to talk orders with us as well. So, yeah, it's a loaded show. I might get a word in. So if you <laughs> like hearing what I have to say, tune in. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be on at twelve. <laughs>
0: Beautiful. All right, guys. Well, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks, Con.
3: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's always uh, it's always fun. Sorry I kind of talk over you the whole time, but
0: That's got a okay. lot to say. What That's can, okay. What can I say? <laughs> that is my life. Declan Kruger, Gavin Ternick joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. Uh, we'll come back and more into the uh, the text we've got coming in. one 401 1440 That was the roundtable brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse sending you to the Super Bowl. Uh, we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor, Hallie, Brandon, Douglas with you. The show brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc, Bruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. You can check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. 1-833-401-1440 is the number if you want to text in to the conversation. Uh, we got a one in from BB saying, I'm going with Heineken. I think you meant Heineke, but I like that autocorrect. I used to tell people, if you ever see me at the bar drinking a Heineken, send me home. <laughs> I've gone too far. <laughs> I did. There was a point in the night when the Heineken started tasting good, and that's when I needed to get home. Uh, we've got perple- perplexed Oilers fan here. The best goalie we've had in years was Mike Smith, and I don't think our goalie coach taught him much at his 40 years of age. I think the goalie coach is an easy fix to move out. It's not like we've had great outcomes with him so far. Am I wrong? I mean, Greger's dug into that multiple times and, you know, given, given the numbers and everything like that. Yeah, at some point, the players just need to play better. It, I don't know what the deal is, if they will make the move with Dustin Schwartz. I don't know if making that move in season, all of a sudden someone else comes in here and just corrects the problems automatically. Does it help the guys play better in front of them? Does it help the the bad pinches at the opposing blue line. I mean, I will agree with you. The goalie's got to make the save. So, if the goalie coach move is going to make that happen, then I'm all for it. But I just don't know if the goalie coach change would make an immediate impact, Brandon. I don't. I don't know. What do you think?
1: No, the, the, your final thought there is exactly um, it resonates with with my line of thinking here. Is that what What do you think, as an Oilers fan listeners, that? changing goalie coaches right now will accomplish in terms of tangible results because we talked about it extensively this morning with grant fear our tuesday co-host on the kevin Carey show most of the time the goalie coach is there as a mental support there are a few technical things i'm sure they work on on a day-to-day basis in the practice rink but like do you think that bringing in a different goalie coach and if so like who who's out there? What what? Who are good goalie coaches? They're not names that uh, tend to usually get a lot of uh, traction in the media. I know Sean Burke has had a pretty uh, successful um, tracker with that down yeah. in Arizona, but like outside of that, can anybody name me one other goalie coach currently in the league? Like Francois Lair, he's long gone. I don't think his style of play really fits the modern day NHL anymore. Um, so so yeah, the point being, I'm not against making a change for the sake of making a change, maybe. But like, what do you realistically think the impact of changing the goalie coach right now will actually be? Do you think he's going to come in and all of a sudden say, hey, I want, I'm going to completely change how you guys play? If anything, that could have more negative effects because now the goaltenders, if that were to happen, the goaltenders are kind of between two lines of thought about how to play their position, whether it be uh, technically, a mental approach, whatever. I-, I think Grant said it best this morning. Grant Fear, Hockey Hall of Famer, ever heard of him? When he said, "You just like you need to stop thinking," and that's a confidence thing. When your confidence isn't there as a goaltender, you think like when the sh- like look at the third goal last night, point shot, partially blocked in front. Besser deposits into the open cage on the rebound. Not technically a rebound because it never found the, the goaltender. But Skinner is moving way too aggressively out to his right where he thinks the shot is going. It, where the original shot was going to miss the net. And S- Skinner's sliding out way too far to his right to make the save where he thinks it's going. Now he's well out of position for the rebound that's laying there in the slot. It, it's just, it's it's you're overthinking it and maybe that comes back to the pressure from the exterior, which is on the whole team, not just on the goalies. But now on the goalies, it's magnified. We talk about it. You need a save. If the goalie's thinking about that instead of just playing the game, you've already lost as the goalie, like in a one-on-one situation with a shooter, two-on-one, whatever the case. So I I don't see how a goalie coach is going to fix, like changing goalie coach is going to fix that immediately.
0: Yeah, Walter says that there is no quick fix. Like really what would have an immediate impact in quotes. I agree. I mean, they, they have to take themselves out of this. There's, there's not an Evander Kane out there that you can just, he'll, 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 be an X factor. I mean, and even if there were, it's not going to help every aspect of the game. The change has to come from within the room at this point, And we'll see if it does. Uh, Sugar Sean says, there's no way of knowing if a coaching change will make a difference for the goalies, but we will, but we know what the results are. If we don't fair point, very fair point. I, I am not saying Dustin Schwartz cannot be fired, but the question just remains, will it be immediate? Uh, the K- s- Tomato Soup says the same can be said for Ken Holland. As you're saying about Dustin Schwartz, you can fire Ken Holland today, but his mark on the team, it will be there for at least two more years. The only reason you fire Ken Holland is so that he can't make any more moves now, but what's done is done, and you'll have to see the results of that firing two years down the road. Tomato Soup. Yeah, I mean, the, what's done is done with this team, right? Like, you, for there to be drastic changes with the roster, you would have to make some moves with the cap, right? And how many teams are going to want to take on that cap? Like teams are in cap hell right now. The cap hasn't gone up in a while. So we're waiting for that to, to happen. And, th- and then maybe we see, but I don't know if there's a team that's going to just do the Oilers a favor right now and take on Jack Campbell. Why would they? Why would you do that when he's playing the way he is? It'd have to be a bottom feeder team that is just willing to take on the contract and you're probably going to have to load it up with picks to make it happen. Picks that you could use to go acquire someone else in the future. So I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, Steve from Drum Heller says, I don't understand these goalie coach comments. These goalies have played for years. Besides find tweets, they're not rebuilding these guys. Did Dustin Schwartz teach Skinner to stop that second goal? It's just bad hockey. I'm with you, Steve. It's like when people used to say, Well, the coach has to get the players up before the game. They got to be ready. The coach has to get them. To a certain extent, the players got to get it done themselves. You know, you have to be ready. You're paid a lot of money to be ready when the puck drops. I don't know what else the coach could do at the same time. Uh, Mr. Maris says, something needs to change with our goalie situation. We are 32 out of 32 in the NHL goaltending results matter. These goalies need a new voice more than the entire team does. Potentially, uh, Walters says the only thing that has a remote chance of fixing things is hiring Coach Q, but that too is a gamble. Well, and yeah, Joel Quinville. let's just say strictly as a hockey coach, yeah. Good coach. Off-ice problems are there, and we don't even know if he'd be allowed to coach in the NHL again. So at this point, I would just assume he's off the table. I mean, I like Gerard Gallant, but he's collecting money to do nothing right now. Is he in a rush to come back? I don't know. Uh, no name on this one. <laughs> Orlers goalies can't make chicken soup out of chicken poop. That sounds that, like a farm saying. That rhymes. <laughs> it does. I like that you cleaned it up for us as well. Uh, Troy says, <laughs> my God, does Dustin have pics of every media personality and coach in Edmonton? Why are him and McDee the only two untouchables in Edmonton? What goalie has Dustin coached to be elite? How many goalies have left Edmonton to find success? Fire him now. Troy. I mean, who left Edmonton to become elite? Cam Talbot? No. Devin Dubnik? Well, he had a stopover in Arizona.
1: Where we loop back to the Sean Burke conversation. Sean Burke, great coach, Um, no doubt. A a great, great goalie coach uh, by all accounts. But I think Sean Burke still has aspirations of climbing higher on a uh, team's management um, tier. Than just being a goalie coach or a goalie consultant. I think he still would like to be a general manager at some point and just taking another goalie coach job. Like, this is purely hypothetical. I, I don't think that's necessarily on his
0: radar. But who, who has left Edmonton and found success? Who, who are you talking about, Troy? Give me some names. Ilya Breezgalov? <laughs> no. No. Al, low tide sitting right beside me. Goalies to leave Edmonton that have found success. Uh, Where's my mic? <laughs> Laurent Brassois. Your mic's on right now. Okay. So you're good. So LB success to a certain extent, but well, not Tom McCullin, a starting
4: goalie. Well, to Todd never played him after, or I think they played two games after he stunk out the joint on a Saturday night. The Oilers won against Calgary. He was terrible. Uh, but young goalies have great and bad nights. Stuart Skinner's an example of that. You can't give up on him. Goalies are voodoo, but if you've played well as Skinner did a year ago, he'll play well again. The goaltending is poor. There's no doubt about it. But you know what? You know what else is poor? Evan Bouchard and Connor McDavid the other night uh, were back on a, I'm going to say it was a three-on-three. McDavid pulled the shoot, and Bouchard played defense like he'd never played defense before. Those are two very high picks, one a number one overall, who didn't execute. So this is, I mean, it's not a 23-man roster because Ken Holland can't figure out math, but this team is everybody is at fault. And if you're pointing fingers at one guy, I think you're making a mistake. They're garbage.
0: I like it. I said that on Twitter last night, and people said, no, it's the goalies. Well, their stars aren't scoring.
4: Their bottom six isn't scoring. They're playing terrible defense as a group. 31st in shooting percentage, 32nd in save percentage. <laughs> I think there's a problem.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, the lowdown with low tide is going to be fantastic Yeah, today. I'm
4: in a bit of a pissy mood today. I
0: can so. see it. I can see it. You, you sit back, relax, nurse <laughs> that coffee. Uh, I, and you know what? It's, it's just a, a lot of people frustrated, as you should be. Again, Troy. Neither of us are saying you don't fire Schwartz. We're just saying, is it going to impact the team immediately? I don't know. Or I don't think there's a guarantee to say it would. I think they got to figure this stuff out from inside the room. Uh, coming up today on the Jason Greger show, I want to let you know, after the lowdown with low title of Dave McCarthy of serious XM, also Mike Kelly from NHL Network and Sports Logic. We'll see what the analytics say about the Seventh and Oilers hockey team so far this year. Paul Sir will swing by to talk some hoops. We've got Jason Strudwick on the program at 420. He'll be fired up today. He lost he lost his quarterback, Daniel Jones, and now he has to see his former team struggle in this fashion. Struddy will be uh, – he's going to need your support. So let's all uh, support Struddy and tune in and send him some positive vibes during the show. Mark Spector at 5, Derek Van Deast from NHL.com at 520 as well. Troy says, so a great coach made Dubnik elite and Dustin couldn't. So what value does Dustin bring? Oh, man, we got to go back and look at who the goalie coach was at Devin Dubnik's time. I don't know if it was Schwartz, but we'll take a look and see. Uh, man, Schwartz is getting the heat. Hello, oh, Tide. Have a fun show today. You're going to have a lot of texts coming in regarding the Empton Oilers, and I know you'll knock it out of the park. A uh, big thank you to our sponsors wheelhawk beef jerky and the canadian brew house speaking of Hawk beef jerky let's get to an update with brandon douglas brought to you by Hawk, home of alberta's best beef jerky locations in the duke's bruce grove and west edmonton mall com. here's the duke